Welcome to NextCast. My name is Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. NextCast is a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. Every episode, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation both inside and outside the classroom. This episode, we talk to Leela Kelleher, who teaches fitness and health promotion in Humber School of Hospitality, Recreation and Tourism, as well as kinesiology at the University of Guelph Humber. We'll be talking to Leela about flipping classrooms, how to do it, why to do it, and when to do it. Welcome to NextCast, Leela. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, I'd like to start off um, having you just uh, tell us a little bit about what you do here at Humber and at Guelph Humber. Okay. So um, I work in the fitness and health promotion program. So I teach um, mainly biomechanics. So biomechanics is my um, main course that I teach, and that's what I was hired to do, really. Um, We have some pretty cool equipment down in the biomechanics lab. And so... Yeah, we have, so all students in the fitness and health promotion diploma have to do a biomechanics course, so I teach that. Um, And then I teach over on the Guelph Humber side as well in kinesiology, so I've taught um, health and wellness over there, and I'm just finishing up teaching um, a field placement course over there as well, so pretty broad, Mm -hmm. yeah. We did a story last year in Next Magazine, which is the magazine for this podcast, about that biomechanics lab, and there was a, there was a piece about the bod pod. Is that part of what you work with, where people get inside this big egg-shaped thing and they measure your body mass? Do you work with that? I don't actually work directly with that very often. Uh, the bod pod is a very cool piece of mm-hmm. equipment, and um, I especially love that it's called the bod pod and that it does look like a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something you would go into, like if you were traveling a long distance and needed to be like... In, you know, put to sleep right. <laughs> for the journey or something. It's the hypersleep pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so it's it's pretty great. Um, so, um, in the biomechanics lab, we have a motion capture system, so three dimensional motion capture, kind of similar to what you'd see for computer generated, you know, imaging and animation that kind right. of thing. Um, but we also have an integrated treadmill. Um, it's pretty not your average treadmill, it's a pretty fancy one. It has a force plate built in, so we can look at the forces, um, the ground reaction forces generated f- through running and walking, that kind of thing. So um, so we're really interested in how people move, how people perform in sports. Um, we're interested in injuries, all that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool stuff. Um, well, we're not going to talk about the bod pod today or the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, the, the high-tech treadmill, unfortunately. Um, but we're going to talk about something else that's actually kind of cool, which is a workshop you ran recently about flipping classrooms. Um, and I wanted to start a little bit with the basics. I'm sure a lot of people listening know uh, what a flipped classroom is. But for those who don't, if you could sort of explain the concept, what actually is a flipped classroom? Okay, so a flipped classroom, it's, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty cool right now, uh, flipping your classroom. Um, so what it, what it means is... Um, students are responsible for learning um, the material that traditionally would have been taught in lecture time. So if you can imagine a big lecture theatre, you know, you'd have some professor lecturing to you about some theories and background information on a topic. I uh, might have done some little bit of reading beforehand, but basically you're getting all of that information in the lecture. Um, in a flipped classroom model, um, 
the student is responsible for essentially learning those um, theoretical basics outside of the classroom so that when they come to the class, um, they're able to engage at a deeper level with the material and the professor can really use their expertise at that higher level um, to engage with the students and with the material rather than just teaching kind of basic 101 level um, theory on whatever subject it is. So they're prepared. They've they've gotten the you know the hard content they need, the, the the information they need. But now they're prepared to start applying it in class and and go a little further with that. In other words, absolutely, yeah. So um, oftentimes um, when the flipped classroom model is used, um, it's usually using a little bit more. Um, technology and media to do it. So oftentimes there might be videos that students need to watch. They might need to do modules on um, their classroom management system. Um, so Blackboard, for example, they might need to watch videos, maybe answer a little quiz to test their mastery, um, as opposed to just, you know, reading through some some readings, which, you know, as we know, some people do and some people don't. So um, it's it's supposed to be a little bit more engaging and then, then the students can actually gain a higher level of mastery of that material um, because uh, they're actually um, using that classroom time to really um, push those ideas and um, and get, get a fuller understanding. And what's, in terms of actually going through that process of flipping a classroom, of taking a pre-existing course and flipping it. What do you actually have to do? Who do you talk to? What's the first steps? So there's a lot of support here at the Center for Teaching and Learning for flipping classrooms. And I certainly did watch some some video content that was on the website here. Um, what I realized is that it is that for my lecture component, if you want to call it that, for my classroom component, it wasn't really a great fit for um, for what I what how I teach biomechanics. Um, we we really focus a lot on up the applied part of biomechanics, and I think that that requires um, a lot of discussion um, interac and interaction with the students. So I knew that it wasn't really right for that part of the course, but I really wanted to find a way um, to, to make it work for the lab part. And when I looked, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't really find a way that people had been doing it for um, practical applications. And what are the what are some of the advantages you found uh, as you know compared to the more traditional way that you were teaching when you first started? Yeah, so the the traditional way of running a lab really is um, students would come in um, to the lab, maybe having read through a handout that you may have posted about what you're going to do, but most likely not. Mm -hmm. uh, they might know what topic they're going to do. They come in, and um, usually the professor or maybe a teaching assistant um, would run through the procedures for the day. So they might hand out um, basic instructions and they would demonstrate, okay, you know, this is what we're doing today, explain the theory behind it, um, and describe and maybe demonstrate the procedures. And then the students would break off into groups and go do it. So in my experience, what tended to happen was, um, you know, sometimes it's easy to get a little bit distracted or you're at the back of the classroom and you don't hear what's being said. Um, and so I would spend the rest of the lab running around essentially repeating my instructions to different right. groups. Doing damage control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing, yeah, putting out fires, exactly. you know, um, or somebody might come late to the class and not really what's, know what's going on. And so then they'd have to have that explained 
um, at the beginning. And so I just found that I was just saying the same thing over and over again, which wasn't great for anybody, Mm -hmm. because then if students had really great questions, which oftentimes my students have fantastic questions about how this lab, how this technique could be applied to a different sport, for example, or a different movement, and I would find I didn't have time to really answer those questions because I'd be running over to another group to tell them how to do the lab. So what are the what are the, some of the uh, challenges you've been faced with? What are the, some of the pitfalls that 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 pop up? You know, when you're when you've flipped a classroom. Um, so the first challenge was that you have to create content. So um, my model of flipped classroom that. Uh, for labs that I developed was to record a video of exactly what I would do at the beginning of a lab normally. So introducing a lab, explaining what it's about, and um, showing and explaining the procedures for the lab. Um, And then what my students do is they have to actually take notes on that and submit that for for grades. So I call it method section. So normally in science, you know, you would write a method section after you do an experiment, but in this model, you do it beforehand. So it's essentially they're creating their recipe for for the lab um, and like their instruction. So when they come into their lab, they're ready to go. And the um, advantage of that is that students can, um, they come in, if they're well prepared, they can form a group right away. They know what equipment to get, they grab it and they do the lab. And they can be in and out very, um, very quickly if they choose, or sometimes they want to stick around for a bit longer, have deeper discussions. I find that, um, you know, obviously there's still a little bit of um, tweaking if some equipment isn't working, for example, I might be helping them fix the equipment, but there should be at least one or two people in every group who really knows what they're doing for the lab and can help guide the rest of the group, you know, if people haven't been as prepared. And so it really frees up my time in the classroom um, for answering higher level questions and troubleshooting as needed. And I just wanted to finish up by asking, I mean, I asked you about the student response to it, but I wanted to ask about your own response to it. I mean, you mentioned in the in the earlier way, in the traditional way, you'd been you'd been lecturing in classes. You would spend a lot of time running around putting out fires and kind of repeating yourself. How has the flipped approach been for you, just in terms of your enjoyment of teaching or your engagement with it? I've really enjoyed it. So it's been um, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, and I wouldn't change it. So when I first thought of doing it this way, I was a little bit hung up on production values. So um, (laughs) the CTL produces amazing videos, and, um, you know, I would see these videos, and they were so professional, and then even, you know, some of my colleagues would produce lightboard videos or the um, Camtasia videos, so the screen capture, and and I was always blown away by how great they were. And so um, I did inquire about making the videos here in the studio, and, and it just wasn't going to work um, because um, just the amount of setup and time that everything was going to take. Um, I like to be a little bit more nimble with my labs, mm-hmm. and so, um, so I do it very basic. So I have... Uh, a video camera that only works if it's plugged in. <laughs> the battery doesn't hold a charge anymore. I set it up on a tripod and I just um, do my demonstration exactly like I was in the front of the class and 
I sometimes stumble over my words and sometimes there are a few too many ums. And um, if I have a, an assistant, which I often do, sometimes there's a bit of laughing <laughs> when someone <laughs> falls over or does, does something funny, but, um, but it's all in there. Um, and it keeps it a little bit real, um, but it also means that if I need to produce new content, it takes no time at all. So, for example, this week... Um, my students are doing their working on their final projects and they needed to do some data processing. And I didn't have a video on that type of data processing. So I just um, fired up my computer and um, my camera and shot a little video of how I process the data in Excel. And um, it took me probably 15 minutes. So I just did the video, which was about an uh, eight minute video. Um, I loaded it into Adobe Premiere and um, didn't really edit it. I just chopped out the bits that I didn't wanted, <laughs> didn't want. So like, you know, the most basic editing. I don't think I even put any like title or anything. And then I threw it up. Um, I threw it up on YouTube. So for my students to be able to access. And so that was maybe an hour out of my day um, that I so that was time that now, you know, if there's four groups who need to do that, I don't have to explain it to them every time. And they can also do it in the comfort of their own home with their computer at any time of day or night. So um, so I really like that it has that kind of nimble approach. I can switch up labs. If something didn't work well last semester, I'm not throwing out a perfectly produced video. Um, I can just make another one. Or And I have the raw files, so if I change the ending, how we're going to end a lab, I can just... Um, cut that bit off <laughs> um, or if, I, if I've got to say something I can throw some words on the screen and say forgot to say you need to plug in your USB key first or something like that so it's 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 really nice um, I really I really enjoy doing it I wouldn't do it any other way now I don't think um, it's also a lot more relaxing for me as a teacher in the classroom because I'm not putting out fires and running around um, I really, I think I, I mean, I always get to know my students anyway, but I get really get to know them because we end up having a lot more chats and conversations in the lab than we, than we might do if I were always running, running off to put out a fire. Well, that's excellent. Thanks so much, Leela. Okay, thank you so much. Next Cast is produced by Humber Press and the Creative Productions team at the Center for Teaching and Learning at Humber College. Special thanks to Panit Waugh, Santino Pinozzo, Allison Lasorda, Darren Richards, and Eileen DeCourcy. To suggest stories for future episodes of Next Cast or to let us know what you think, email Humber Press, all one word, at humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. To learn more about the workshops, teaching certificates, and other support offered through the Center for Teaching and Learning, and to read issues of Next Magazine, go to humber.ca slash Center for Teaching and Learning. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That's not a pun. <laughs>